The following is a member of the Burke Reviews podcast family. BurkeReviews.com Hey everybody, welcome to Burke Reviews Top 5 Movies. I'm John Burke, and with me, as always, is Corey Starr. Hello, hello. And Michael Sanchez. Hello. And this week on Top 5 Movies, we're going to be looking at our Top 5 Soundtracks in preparation for Bradley Cooper's directorial debut, A Star is Born, which um, is getting um. lots of positive buzz. And uh, Big Tuna, who is a, a regular <laughs> contributor to BurkeReviews.com, has been on this podcast a couple of times. He got to see it last night at a uh, critic screening, and um, it, he's saying it's in his top three. Um, that's the most I can say right now. Uh I think I don't know if he's still on embargo or not, but um, uh, apparently though, there's if you look around at big theaters across the country, there's a special screening on Tuesday night that I hear they're giving away. I'm assuming digital copies of the soundtrack if you go. Uh, I know that our local Disney Springs theater is going to have um, that uh, event going on Tuesday night, um, and I'm sure there's some other big theaters across the country that are doing those type of promotions. So. Um, we decided since that movie's coming out, I'm hyped for it. What about you guys? Are you interested at all in, uh, Cooper's Star is Born? I don't have an attachment to, well, I'm a Barbra Streisand fan, mostly, and not, and that's one I never watched. Ah. So I can't, I don't have the, you know, ooh, you're destroying the, you know. Well, this is the fourth version of this movie. Whoa! See, um, I, I wasn't even aware of that. So Corey and I, I, I just watched. Unfortunately, watched one. I liked it. Corey oh. didn't. Uh, Judy Garland, who is you know most famous for Dorothy oh, and Wizard of Oz, uh, was in the 1956 version. I very much enjoyed it. Uh, James Mason plays the male counterpart, who is in uh, North by Northwest. He's the villain. He's in uh, Stanley Kubrick's Lolita and several other films. Um, I think Mason's the right name, and uh, I very much liked it. Corey hated it. Um, I found the history of the movie to be super compelling, too. Like, there's a lot of crazy stories surrounding the 1956 version. Um, and then there's uh, a so 1937 it's, version. It's Julie Garland, I mean. Yeah, exactly. She's a lot of the reason why there's so much drama. Um, <laughs> but not only. Like, there's uh, stuff with, like, film being lost. Like, the current version of the movie oh. is the the original cut in terms of audio. So it's the original three hours. But um, the Warner Brothers cut out like about almost an hour worth of film that then they melted the original film down and sold the uh, the melted metal from the uh, the film stock and um, to make the movie fit the three hour audio track that this guy recovered in the 70s. They use still photos. So there's these weird moments in the cuts that are available right now to watch where it just goes to like still photos, kind of Ken Burns effect where it zooms in, zooms out kind of thing. Um but you hear like the normal talking so you hear like people having conversations and you just see like stills of them like behind the scenes photos for some of it it's really weird but they wanted to give you the full three hour experience um which i enjoyed Corey uh did not um and you can hear that episode of movie club from two weeks ago um if you want to hear uh we have one more musical left to talk about that Corey and i uh watched this week which is um i don't know mike have you ever seen pennies from heaven uh, the Steve Martin and Bernadette Peters film. I should have, and I think I've glossed over it a couple of times. I haven't seen it. Uh, I saw that you guys posted that. And I, mm. I just didn't have anything to bring to the discussion other than, oh, that's Steve Martin. Yeah, and uh, Corey picked this one. 
Corey is not a fan of musicals. Um, very few that she likes. And uh, she didn't hate West Side Story, actually. Um, but Oh, that's good. I was going to say, because there going to be some Justin. <laughs> there are going to be some sharks cutting. I, I think she likes the uh, the dance dance musicals a little more than the musical musicals. Okay, I'm, I'm going to be, this is a visual for you, I'm going to be doing some jazz hands and go, oh. gotta dance! Yes. Okay. Um, but, uh, so I'm curious to hear what she thought of, of uh, Pennies from Heaven, but we can't talk about it till our next recording, um, which we're going to oh. be doing right after this. But, uh, Mike, I don't know if you remember this, but next Friday... Um, I'm hoping you can do our episode of Movie Club because I think I have Boo 2 scheduled um, for next week. Oh, that's right. That's right. Okay, as far as – I'll double check. I don't see why okay. not. Um, I mean, at worst, you can watch it on your own and then we can just talk about it on Top 5. But um, Corey and I are doing that movie next week for Movie Club. So. <sighs> okay. I hope I pick okay. some really good movies because – Corey's coming off of her probably least favorite month of movie club. Yeah, I'm like, I no, never again. Yeah, I so can't, I can't, can't do, do a month again. of musicals with Corey again. I've been banned. And I feel like we need to make like a yearly cap, like three. <laughs> no more than like five. <laughs> no a more year? than three. 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 Oh man. Yeah. You know, I sincerely doubt your commitment to top five podcasts if you can't do the. The, the, this the is musicals. movie club. This yeah. is movie club, and I'm very dedicated. Oh. It's every week. She oh, does do it every week. Um, okay I, then. And she, to be fair, she didn't complain until after I made her watch the movie. So like during, <laughs> like she's very positive pretty... until the movie's been watched, and then she's like, "I can't believe this stupid movie." I'm like, "Oh, I liked it. I've actually Maybe, liked I mean, all but Phantom I... of the Opera." Which version of Phantom? Uh, the... Uh, the Joel Schumacher, two thousand four. Um, Ger- Gerard Butler as the Phantom. Um, Pretty boy version, I uh, think. What? Why didn't you go with the Robert Englund version? Oh, that's not a musical. Never mind. Uh, yeah, that's that. Uh, and this one is the version that everyone kept telling me to watch um, over and the years. Then I, you I were sad watch. that you did. I don't like Gerard Butler much, anyways, and I especially didn't I like think he was good singing. Three hundred, and I like him. And P.S. I love you. Okay. Okay, but, but did he kick anyone into a a, a pit of nothingness? Unfortunately, Almost. he didn't. He oh. did drop a guy out of the uh, the catwalk and hang him. Um, oh, that's okay, true. Then. No, that's pretty so, good. Um, but uh, I did like the female lead, who I was surprised was an actress from Shameless, um, who I would never have guessed would be so talented as a musician, only to find out that's where she started. Uh, but I, I've only seen her in Shameless, uh, which is a Showtime you know, remake <clears throat> of a, another... I think it's a British show originally, and then they did. Uh, they brought William H Macy and uh, some other people over for the American version. But um, yeah, so we picked soundtracks, and um, we're going to be talking about our top five personal favorite soundtracks from movies. Which I have to say, I had a hard time not just picking modern stuff. Um, like <laughs> I think everything I picked is in the last ten years, and mm-hmm. they, they are soundtracks that I listen to a lot. And that's what I went with. I was trying to think, like, do I want to go with based on just a single song from a soundtrack, and that's what makes it. Instead, I went with soundtracks that I genuinely have, like, obsessively listened to. Um, Unfortunately, it just means a lot of my movies are going to be very, very recent. Um, Not sure what you guys went with, uh, but I know Corey um, is a music-obsessed individual. um, That is is so... There's something about that. Hates musicals music obsessed interesting because let's be real most of the people in musicals shouldn't be singing and that's just how i yeah honestly how i feel 
I, and uh, she does like, I think, too, when we say she doesn't like musicals, it is a very specific type she doesn't seem to like, which are the more traditional Broadway-style musicals. If it's, like, a musical where a band is actually playing songs, uh, she seems to be a little more accepting of when songs make sense diegetically in the film versus non-diegetically. Yes. Um, where it's just like, wait a minute, why are they singing? Where's it's the like, music coming like from? It's, like, organic. Yeah. It just mm-hmm. goes right into it. It like, doesn't, like, Hedwig and the Angry Sitting. Yeah, okay. Hedwig and the yeah. Angry Inch. She loves, and that's Would, like a, it makes sense when the music breaks out in that. I don't know if there's enough music in it, and I think this might be on your list. But Rudderless, I is there enough music in that to you know what I mean? I I genuinely go with IMDb to confirm a genre, so I will check that. Um, but um, do what I want. But like uh, <laughs> once Sing Street, those Jeez. all would qualify. Um, in my uh, eyes, yeah, yeah. And Street, like, I sure. love Sing Street, and I love Once, and Because of You, and now I'm forgetting his name, which I knew him. I'm pretty sure he was from The Frames. Um, uh, am I forgetting his name? Greg Hansen. Uh, yeah, I had to go and buy H- one of his records. Oh wow. Um, yeah. Well, according to IMDb, Rudderless has comedy, drama, music. Does not say musical, so I'm not sure if there's a different designation for a music genre film if, if maybe it means like it's about music versus it's like based on performance but yeah um i think you could argue that it could be musicals like i think musicals generally have something the plot is driven by the songs as well and well, I feel like this would be too and that's what i'm saying i think you could make an argument for it um okay but who knows but nonetheless um so we've if you've never listened to top five movies before, we make our list in private, and then this is us revealing them to each other. Um, we've been doing this for 109 episodes now. Um, so we've covered quite a few topics. Uh, for the most part, it's always been the three of us. There's been a few episodes where it's um, it's always been me, but there's been a few episodes where it's not Mike or it's not Corey. We've had some guests on, and uh, we are grateful for every one of those. But we have gone through a lot of our lists, and even though um, every week... We, uh, we tend to either shock us with the, the picks that we end up doing, or um, we have found a very common thread that Corey and I have, maybe because of Movie Club even, our tastes have grown very similar in uh, a lot of times. I think we're both less angry now. Yes, we're, we, we've calmed down with, uh, with aging, yeah. um, like a fine wine or cheese. So... Um, I'm well, the I didn't know that wine and cheese were angry at any point. But. Yes, I feel like a, a, a wine that's mad. bitter is an angry wine. So, um, I, I don't I know what I'm talking about. I think that's vinegar. Anyway. Well, that's what I drink, so whatever. Um, Oof, that's I'm what a, courses through my veins. I'm just a bitter person. Um, nonetheless, uh, we do like to have freedom to talk about the movies in great length. So, Corey. Guys. From here on out, we're going to talk about these movies in great detail. So please go to BerkReviews.com and check out each of our top five lists. You've been warned. So here we go. And before we get to our list, uh, two things. One, would one of you please check the order? Because I totally didn't do that. I already and messaged Corey, you. Oh, Corey did you? Did. All yeah. right. Then I apologize for going behind the scenes. Um, oh, it's me. Um, before I it's give me. my number five pick, uh, we like to wager on Mike's list because Mike's oh. uh, movie taste tends to be much broader than Corey and mine um, way off the beaten path as well. Uh, I feel like I, I get a, the, the mainstream films pretty solid at this point in my life, but Mike likes to go around and around. So we like to wager how many of Mike's uh, movies or in this case, 
movies that the soundtracks are from, Corey and I have seen. I went first last week, so Corey, I'll let you go first. How many of Mike's five movies do you think you might have seen this week with soundtracks? Oh, cheese and rice. Did you hear what you said? I did. I said cheese and rice. Oh, okay. Um, I'm going to go with two. Two? Um, Yeah. Soundtracks, I'm concerned. I'm expecting lots of punk music. And exactly. I don't feel like I've seen a lot of punk rock themed movies. So I think I'm going to go one. I think I'm going to go underneath you. I'm going <laughs> to undercut you. Speaking um, of punk rock okay, music. Tom Green. Undercut oh, Miss Tom Green. In, I'm going to a punk rock show on Sunday, guys. Oh, what what show are you going to, Corey? I'm going to Scallywag Fest. Um, so I most, I most uh, you know, I'm going because of a real big fish. Oh, oh my punk. God. No, they're yeah, they're, yeah, they're very, very I strong. almost. I dropped. The, I almost dropped the f bomb. But <gasps> bad religion, Pennywise, less than Jake, the interrupter, interrupters, and I don't even know who else. I am a huge oh, fan of real big so fish, and I want to be careful sick. saying that because I I am not probably a true fan of real big fish. I love sellout, and I still love sellout. Yes, but I that know whole album. Yeah, and I've listened to several of their songs, and I love several of their songs. I definitely don't know them i if i were going to pick like a punk band and i'm using quote fingers because mike is going to roll his eyes blink 182 would be my favorite punk band and i know they're not traditional punk i know they are pop punk and i'm okay with I that really but want to see social distortion i would love to see social uh, distortion, social distortion. I, 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 I'll, I'll be honest blink 182 ha, they have a place and i i i'm accepting of them I, I will i went through my phase but i still like them but, yeah, and uh, I know that you're you're like real punk. You like you know uh, Black Flag, um, Henry Rollins, big fan. Mike is. Um, I don't know why I'm speaking like Yoda, and um, <laughs> oh, Henry Rollins, Mike is fan. Um, but uh, I, I you know I like the polished style of pop punk. I like that it's it still has like the energy of punk, but it's produced like it sounds you know crisp and clean. See, but, uh, old punk man. I don't know some of it's well, hard for me to listen to. But that takes away goes kind of against the DIY, the idea DIY of it. aesthetic. Yeah. That, and and I mean green. Let's we'll go Green Day route as well, which I missed the boat, and I remember being invited. Uh, I think the Edge was still open in Orlando at that point, and they oh. had not broken yet, and I was invited. I didn't even have to pay for the ticket. Oh man! And I just didn't feel like going. I just felt lazy, and I tell my kids, I've told my students these kind of stories, and I'm like, just go. You just yeah. don't know. You just don't. You know, know what? I miss. I had tickets to see Blink with when they did their first reunion tour when oh. Tom was still with the band, and then I ended up not going. <sighs> I actually gave my tickets to my assistant manager at Fye at the time, oh. and um, because it was like it was lawn season, it was raining, and I was just like, you know what? I don't feel like going in the rain, and I gave the tickets away. And I did get to see Blink, but I got to see the new version without Tom, which honestly I think the new singer is better. But um, yeah, yeah. I mean. I, I, the classic lineup is the classic. Well, it's still the classic. I'm not lineup. going back to Cheshire Cat and Buddha, but yeah, because that's uh, pre-Travis. Tra- the, yeah, tra- once you get Travis, then that's yeah the band. And I don't know. I still have a soft spot for them. They, they are pop punk, but I have much more accepting. Yeah. I'll, I'll be honest. To me, they're like the next iteration. Yeah. Of what this Descendants. And I think their connection at. to uh, Rancid, um, because the singer from Rancid's done worked with them and. Um, him and yeah. Travis have the the one yeah. band, um, uh, transplants. Transplants, and I like what um, I've heard of transplants a lot. And I, I am I, a fan of Rancid. I I gotta tell you a funny story. I, I I'm pretty sure it was today. If it wasn't, because you know we have block schedules and we rotate. Yeah. But there were a couple of kids and we we're talking, and I heard Descendants, 
and I whipped my head around, and I'm like, you know, Descendants, and I got all excited and started naming of the punk, you know, because you just don't hear, and they're like, we meant the Disney Descendants. I'm like, oh, with the A, not uh, the E, and, and I'm the- like, I'm looking, I'm said, I'm just gonna walk away now with my. Um, one of the kids, one of the kids at the table knew who I was referring to, but the other two were, and and I should have known because one is very much aspiring to be a Disney ah. character performer at one day, Got and it. I just just hung my head low, and I'm like, I don't know, I'm ashamed of being. I, no, I, I, they should be the been... they should be the ones that are ashamed. Yes, because they were talking about that awful Disney show. Um, <laughs> so. All right, that leads us to the list. Um, Corey, obviously, we all have music backgrounds to some degree. We all love music, and let's be real. Movies would be very different if there was no music on them. So looking at soundtracks is a really, really cool idea. It's a very challenging one because I think think, think more of songs when I think movies, which we've done uh, favorite movie songs. We've done favorite movie bands on Top 5, but we've never done full soundtracks. I was even uh, recently on our... uh, our friend of the show, uh, Craig's podcast, The Music Musing, it's been a couple months now, where we did our favorite um, songs from movies, and uh, it kind of tied into soundtracks, but it was definitely focusing on, like, one singular song that was in a movie, and that was a lot of fun. Uh, They did top five formats since I was on their show. They decided to do the top five uh, style. So this is an area we've broached a few times, but we haven't tackled full soundtracks, and I found this list to be really, really challenging to like decide what five soundtracks did i want to commit to because um we do honorable mentions at the end new listeners but um real quick like a couple of of things i thought of um when i got my first cd player one of my five first cds was the cable guy soundtrack <laughs> and so, just for the toady song it was but it was also for jim carrey's version of uh uh the karaoke song i can't even think what it, song it is right now but and then um lenny kravitz had american woman from the cable guy soundtrack like a lot of people forget that was i'm pretty sure that was on there and, thanks for reminding me and uh so i listened and that was like the only soundtrack i i own five cds so it was in my heavy rotation for a good couple of years you know because it was like i got that hootie and the blowfish crack rear view I got the Jenny McCarthy like surfer songs. Like, it was basically just Beach Boy songs with Jenny McCarthy on the cover of it. Um, like because that was when Singled Out was really popular. I got uh, the uh, Smashing Pumpkins, um, Infinite. What is the Melancholy and the Infinite Melancholy. Sadness? Mm-hmm. And then um, uh, Weird Al's Bad Hair Day. That was my first five CDs um, when I got a CD player. I already owned Green Day Dookie on a CD because I was a huge Green Day fan. So I owned six CDs. And those were in all heavy rotation because I only own six CDs. So the Cable Guy soundtrack was one that I had near and dear to me for a long time. But at the same time, when I'm looking at it now, I don't remember most of that soundtrack. And I have not listened well, to it since I got multiple there's, CDs. There's two really big so I didn't know Primitive Radio Gods yes. was on there. I didn't know <sighs> Filter was on there. Is that the yeah. only song uh, that they had? Because they come was, on. Yeah, they were, yeah it was uh, Standing Outside a Broken Phone Booth with... Um, Rain. It was like a really long title, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. With money great song hand. with, with money, money in my hand. Yeah, that was yeah. That was one of the yeah. that soundtrack's legit, right? I, like you're yeah, looking at it. Yeah, it's uh, actually Cypress legit. Hill, Porno for Pyros, yeah, Cracker. Uh, right. Oh, See, cracker. It, it's one of those things. But most of those songs are barely in the movie. It's just like a really well composed uh, soundtrack. Same thing. Like there's a lot of soundtracks like that where I could think of a few songs that I'm like, well, I know I had it, but I don't know if I really want to rep it. So the ones that I went with. 
are definitely more relevant to me now. There's things that I currently am listening to or have been listening to. Or the first one, which anyone who knows me probably sees this one coming. Oh, I yeah. have the soundtrack <laughs> for Baby Driver um, as my number five yeah. Uh, yeah. from 2017. Because there has not been, in my opinion, a better use of a movie soundtrack than this movie. This movie was literally written around its soundtrack. Every scene was written to the song. Um, and the editing, everything about this relies on the soundtrack. Which, of course, so does our main character, um, Baby this is one of my favorite movies from 2017. Edgar Wright is my favorite director. Um, I swear the man makes movies for me personally because everything just clicks with my sensibilities. And I, I mean, there are songs on the soundtrack I'd never even knew existed, starting with the opening mm -hmm. sequence of Bell Bottoms, which is a song that I have listened to so many times since this film came out. And I absolutely love now, but had never heard before this movie. And... Um, I mean, even uh, the Queen song, which I'm not going to remember which song it is right now, and I'm going to feel awful, but my brain has been doing this to me all day today, so I'm not surprised. But the Queen song they use that is his like his main song that he bonds with John Hamm's character in this movie and then plays a major factor later with John Hamm. I adore this movie and the soundtrack that Edgar Wright put together. Um, so when I was thinking there was no way I could leave Baby Driver off of this list, uh, especially being the Edgar Wright fan that I am. Although, still note, it is number five on my top five. Yeah, that's... Hmm. But it's overall... Like, while I love the entire soundtrack in the film, listening to it, I do skip around. There's songs that I really like, and there's songs that I can <laughs> do without. So that's kind of why it, it dropped on the list. The other four, I can literally put on beginning to end and uh, listen to at almost any time. Um... And I couldn't help but include them on my list. So we'll get to those, of course. But Baby Driver is my number five. Any comments, guys? Uh, I'll be honest. I'm not surprised. And it w I, I debated. Uh, actually, it wasn't going to make my top five. If anything, it would have been honorable mentions. Not because I dislike it. It's just I. It's it gets a lot of love. And I was mm -hmm. late on the boat with it. And uh, admittedly, I, I regret not seeing it in the theater. I will say... Because listening to the commentary and explanation of how he does that, he had to be creative with one. Because remember, like you mentioned, he's writing around those songs. And yeah. there was one where I think it was during the chase scene that they had to do something where uh, he almost uh, then he literally rewind a few moments. Yeah. Of the song, and then they continued on. Yes. Yeah. And that was that was a device he ended up having to use. And I thought. Whoa! I mean, I didn't even think about that sort of planning, and yeah, he's honestly, and even the other films he's done, uh, yeah. especially in Shaun of yeah. the Dead, with the nods to the music, even if it oh, wasn't yeah. included in the film, just, just yeah, the idea that he's bringing up some of these artists that some of us aficionados will know, and other people will be like, "Well, who's that?" Yeah, uh, that just that just gets me. So he, yeah, he gets me too. I think. And uh, Corey, I, I wouldn't be surprised if this ends up on Corey's list. But at the same time, Corey, she's very notably silent. Yeah, that's what it's I was. Not. Thinking. <laughs> oh. It's not. Okay, it's not, it's not on my list. No, and uh, so it's my turn. But um, <laughs> I am going to sound like a broken record with all of my choices. But I did sit down at my carefully curated record collection and was looking through. You know, the soundtracks that I have, because I like to buy them, because <laughs> even, like, scores, I like, like, especially for horror movies, I don't know. I didn't include any scores, but, um, yeah. so, 
none of mine are going to be a surprise. I'm pretty sure that probably every single one of these was on my songs list. Um, so I apologize, listeners. Kind of. Okay. Um, so my number five is Train Spotting. Ah. Mm-hmm. And I just couldn't leave it off. I feel like it's such a good blend of like um, music that was very popular and relevant in the 90s. That's one of my favorite decades of music. Um, we've got, um, gosh, Blur, who was like huge then. And then there's also, oh, and Elastica, which mm-hmm. we pretty much, everybody just knows, we all just know one song, but still it's fun. <laughs> also, they were dating at the time, I think, the lead singer of Elastica and Damon Albarn. Okay. Oh, wow. From Blur, which is interesting. But um, then there's stuff... F- like from before, like Perfect Day by Lou Reed or Pulp, Iggy Pop, and Temptation by New Order. And I'm pretty sure that two of the soundtracks on my list today have New Order mm-hmm. on them. But, and Brian Eno, who I just within like the past four or so, three or four years, I've just come to really love and appreciate his first four albums. Mm. So I couldn't leave Train Spotting off. Yeah, I mean, the soundtrack, again, Danny Boyle has. Some of these directors, it's like the they just, way they can pick songs yeah. and, yes. and, and and draw from these artists, and you're like, oh, I, I, I forgot about that. Or even, because uh, I don't know that you mentioned it, Underworld's Born Slippy. Yeah. Just that, that intro, that electronic, because it does change in the midst of it. And I actually, uh, one of my Instagram stories, I had that, just a small snippet of it. And that, that one, and, and it's got to be a specific mix, though, for that one. Uh, Left Field is the same way. Uh, which is the other one from going through? You didn't. You didn't mention Primal Scream that I noticed. No, um, I didn't. But which has the title track to them? But I don't. I know of them. I just didn't. You know. I do want really to say, to like, because there is something with directors who get music. I mean, even Tarantino's selection with mm-hmm. music is also really oh, yeah. strong. But um, our friend of the podcast, Alejandro uh, Montoya Marin, who is currently um, should be on the El Rey Network very soon will be the uh, Rebel Without a Crew, the series. Um, his film Monday has a really, really solid use of music, and he's working on a sequel um, for Monday. Like He's looking to Isn't do a Friday? second feature. Tuesday. Oh, no, it's Tuesday. Tuesday. It's, it's the next day. Um, and Sorry. He's, he's already uh, picked out like his ideal soundtrack for the film, nice. You know, if he can get money nice. and stuff. He puts a lot of attention into the audio. Um, he actually... He kind of made me pay more attention to uh, audio in films. Um, something that I, I I don't know if I've just always taken for granted as I watch it like holistically. I don't separate the audio and the visual. I just take it all in. Um, as okay. I've been teaching it and studying it, I've been um, really trying to pay more attention to the audio. And that's one of the things I feel like why my, my soundtracks are more recent. Because I'm paying more attention to the music mm-hmm. with the movies I'm watching now than I used to. And so I think it's, it's just kind of sticking with me. But... Um, I, I, one you know, more. I think that's a good sign of a strong director. Sorry, Mike, I didn't mean yeah. to cut you off. Well, there's, there was one more off that, that soundtrack that I forgot that I didn't even realize was a cover. And then I'm like, oh, that's not Blondie doing Atomic? And oh. I thought that the sleeper version of Atomic was really, really well done. Interesting. When I am a big yeah. fan of that movie, Train Spotting, um, I do like the soundtrack in the film. I, I don't think I've listened to it outside of the film, though. Um, and that's I also came really late to that film, so that's part of the reason I haven't had time to really dive into that soundtrack. But um, 
I, I'm, de- I'm definitely not surprised it's on your pick, though, Corey. As, as that's a movie that you've loved and have talked about multiple times, and that's okay. That's part of this, you know? It's part of having the yeah. same people on the show. We're going to reference some of the same movies from time to time. But um, I think that leads us to Mike's number five. Well, I, I feel better about that because one of the things I was feeling kind of guilty about, and I even put the feelers out. I sent some messages out just to see what some other people would say as far as that. And I, I even posted it online now. What are your favorite soundtracks? Just to see if I get any response. I don't know if I will. Uh, but yeah, I, I kind of go back to the familiar, and my reputation precedes me. And I mean, right off the right off the bat, you're going to notice that I have this kind of theme, at least for a couple of them. Um, especially because you know my young teenage self was hugely influenced by a specific genres, hugely influenced by this particular pick, uh, especially the artists that are included in this and another feature which I wanted to include. But I, I, I didn't. I kept it off. Decline of the Western civilization. I just mm-hmm. left it off. I wanted. Okay. To, I wanted to include it. But I did not. My pick that I've mentioned before was Alex Cox, 1984 Repo Man, which always gets confused with Repo Men. But no, this is Repo Man with Emilio Estevez, Harry Dean Stanton. Just he basically puts together the affinity of social commentary on suburbia, the Reagan years, basically anything mainstream in the form of this film. Um, it was perfectly curated to accompany the nihilism, nihilism, that, and the punk aesthetic that just is oozes through the entirety of the film. It's uh, probably more. It's really quite possible that this is what the film that introduced me to Black Flag, and they I. I will still listen to Black Flag to this day, and I'm old now. I'm old man stage, as Henry Rollins likes to say, and I am, and the students like to remind me of that. Um, And the Circle Jerks as well. I think this was my intro to, this is my punk intro. Besides skateboarding, this is where I got it. And yeah, the soundtrack selections are uneven, and that's what I feel kept, kept me from pushing it into a higher position. But I mean, there's no way that I could have left this left this off my off the slot. Um, the fact that I have a distinct memory of Black Flag and Circle Jerks uh, and TV Party is the song. I'm like, okay, and just uh, and and in a role that I didn't expect Emilio Estevez to be in. Yeah, and it just it just fit and has stuck with me. I I own it. The soundtrack. Oh or the movie? wow, nice. The movie. The movie. Ah, okay. The movie. Haven't watched it yet. What? All right, stop. I got it during Criterion, 50% off. And I I feel like I have seen it, but it's been a long time. I really do want to rewatch it because uh, we watched Paris, Texas for Movie Club this year. Mm -hmm. And um, I really got a a renewed appreciation for Harry Dean Stanton. And I definitely want to uh, revisit um, that. I think think we're tying her out. It's, Guys, I'm just old. She did just get oh, home from work. Stop. Um, yeah, I got home at six thirty, six. I chowed down on dinner, and then boom. Hold on, hold on, though. What time are you up in the morning? Uh, we're not talking about that. What time are you up in the morning? <laughs> Today was a long day. I wake up at seven. <laughs> so, I wake up oh, at seven, seven thirty. I was up at four this morning. Yeah, I yeah. don't know how you do that. I would want to murder uh, people. Mike is a little different with us, but all right. Um, I get up at like five thirty, but still. Um, Y'all are a bunch of lightweights compared to this old man. I like sleeping. I only sleep oh, like I like five sleeping hours. Too. I like um, sleeping too, but I don't sleep. Well, thanks, Henry Rollins. My number five. 
Um, or no, I already did my number five. I'm going to do my four. number four. <laughs> He's going back. He's getting two I'm number going fives. Backwards. He's um, like ordering a combo at the Chinese <laughs> restaurant. So, my number four, I actually already mentioned once, and that is once. Um, I, I came across this movie after seeing Sing Street. Um, I actually had bought it like years before I finally watched it. Um, I was in like the $5 bin at Walmart and the guy's holding a guitar. So I was like, Oh cool. He's holding a guitar. I'll buy it. Um, it sat unopened on my shelf. Uh, cause I like, you know, I like, I was a musician. And uh, so it sat unopened on my shelf until I saw Sing Street. And then I was looking up, I'm like, man, I love this movie. Who's this director? John Carney. What other movies has he done? And I'm looking it's, it's begin again. And once, and I'm like, I'm pretty sure I own this. Uh, and so I went looking and uh, found once in my on my shelf. And I'm like, I'm going to watch this tomorrow. And I immediately fell in love with this movie. One, because yeah. it is a guerrilla filmmaking movie. Uh, mm-hmm. Most of it was shot illegally without permits in Ireland. Um, they're shooting like from a coffee shop across the street from him. He's actually busking at one point and people are dropping real money in his guitar case. Um, and he's a, a talented musician, Glenn Hansard, um, and uh, another talented musician, Marquita Erglova. Mm-hmm. Both musicians uh, acted for this film, and this is the only film they've acted in. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, originally, uh, it was supposed to be Corey's favorite. Um, uh, Cillian Murphy was supposed to be the lead in this film, and he didn't feel like he could do the songs justice. Um, he backed out, and they lost a lot of their production money, and the whole movie almost got shut down, but John insisted and Glenn, he pushed Glenn to do it um, and I I think the soundtrack is a masterpiece it, it is uh, every song is gorgeous even the song that's essentially played on a Casio keyboard um, is just <laughs> fantastic and I I love the hit songs it did win an Oscar for best original song it became a Broadway have. musical and it's won many Tonys um, from the Broadway musical the version of this film it, it is a musical masterpiece in my opinion and the soundtrack is phenomenal um so it's my number four just the way these two interact and they did have a relationship for a little while i don't remember if it was Hmm. prior during or post filming i hope post i think she's only 17 when they did the movie oh then yeah okay but it's over say again it all takes place in Europe, so I don't know if like the the laws for oh. mar- dating are the same. No, I'm not I, trying to. Be, I, I like, don't know why I'm, I, I don't know why I mean, I'm laughing. Drinking like, age okay. is younger, right? So I don't know what it is. Like it's the the laws are different in different places. I don't know what the maybe it's okay to date a 17 year old. Um, but, well, in any case, they just seem to mesh so well together. I just can't mm-hmm. imagine Cillian Murphy being in you know in that role. Nothing against him because nope. I do like him. Just no, I love him, but I agree. Uh, just these two. And this is the only film they've done. Just works all around. Yeah. This is probably easily one of Rachel. I wouldn't say it's my top end of my top five, but I could see it being on, on Rachel's my wife's yeah. top five. Just it's, I I have listened to the soundtrack for the last two years regularly. Um, it comes up frequently in my uh, like I'll just need to listen to it, and that's not true for a lot of movies for me. Like where I I can listen to a soundtrack, but, oh I like that song, but for a soundtrack to like where I can put it on and leave it on not shuffle it not pick certain songs just put it on and let it play through and i just embrace the experience every time so i knew immediately it would have to and i didn't put sing street on my top five um i do love that soundtrack it is more of like a homage to the 80s where this is like an original Mm -hmm. soundtrack like every song fits this movie and 
Um, and it, I don't know. I, I've tried to get into Glenn Hansard's solo stuff. It just, I haven't found a full album that does what this album does for me. So, Not, not to sound Mr. Miyagi like, but it's like between Sing, Sing Street and Once, it's like similar yet different, you know? Yeah. It's got a. Mm-hmm. It's a much more polished version of Once. Like, even mm-hmm. the story is very mm-hmm. similar. And I love the movie. I think the movie's great, but uh, Once. It has a happier ending. It, it has, an, uh, yeah, it has yeah. the ending <sighs> that I think satisfies a little more. But. Um, which we do give spoiler warnings Myself to listeners. So, but once ends uh, where are the two that Mike was pointing out, the chemistry that they have. I ugly um, cried. It, you don't get them together. You don't. They go back to their other sp- people. Yeah. Um, but that's that's so real life, though. Sometimes. It is. Sometimes we don't end up. With you, who. you don't go with the romantic option. You go with the, you go the with your logical option. Yeah, you go with the... You know, like she has a child with that guy, and he was mm-hmm. the whole reason he started the band was to try to get his girlfriend back. So, like, to not pursue that and see what happens, and you know, it's um, I, I've shown both Sing Street and Once to some of my students over the last couple of years, and uh, they definitely like Sing Street more. It's again, it's a much more <laughs> polished film. Yeah. Uh, Once, while I do think the chemistry is strong, some of the acting you can tell there's nerves there, and you can tell it's it's novices. But man, it it the truth in the performance, especially during the recording se- session of the film, is just phenomenal. In fact, the as a musician, that recording se- sequence is one of my favorites in film. Like I love watching the uh, the guy in the booth who thinks that this is a waste of his time until he hears him sing, and then you see him slowly like kind of perk up and like hold the phone. What am I working yep. on? And I just I love that sequence because that's like you see him believing in the music too and i i just it just sells me all all the more on the songs like it's just it's so great um if you haven't seen it and a lot of people haven't uh, even though it does have like a 96 rotten tomato score um 97 excuse me uh yeah i highly recommend you seek this film out it's fantastic it does bounce up and down on netflix i don't think it's currently on netflix but it does show up from time to time um and i i can't recommend it enough if you get the opportunity again it does have some rough spots because it was filmed as indie as possible but uh man the music is not but, but, the rough spots but yeah but that adds to the charm it's like it does well, it, it's just it works all around and that's why it's got that that score mm-hmm. it's, it, it just works there's yeah. nothing wrong with it at all I, I i agree that is my number four uh let's move to Corey. um what <laughs> do you got okay so uh, another movie that i've talked about a lot but here we go I had to go with Can't Hardly Wait. Ah. And this soundtrack introduced me to The Replacements, who I was very young when this came out. Uh, That's okay. Okay. I don't talk about my age. I was 13. So we saw this at the theater at Downtown Disney, and promptly had to walk over to Virgin Records <laughs> so I could buy the soundtrack. Oh, um, it was there then. It's a bowling it was, now. I miss yeah, it so much. I know, me too. I just wanted to grow up and DJ at Virgin Records. I know that's not a big it's not a big dream, but here we are. Um, I mean, Third Eye Blind, I am still a fan. Uh, and this made me... So I'm a big fan of The Replacements because of this movie, but also Feeder. I bought the album that High was on because of this uh, soundtrack mm. I um, ended up falling in love with Matthew Sweet and um, Dog's Eye View I bought two of their albums after hearing them on the soundtrack so wow. 
I couldn't. And I mean, come on, Paradise City by the Guns N' Roses. Which isn't Roses. on the soundtrack, but it should have been. It totally should have been. Just that whole whole scene. I wish that, the, I mean, his version of it was on the soundtrack. Yes. Like the yes. Cover. That's what should have been on there. Um, <sighs> but I mean, don't forget the, the Damn It by Blink-182. Um, Busta Rhymes. Missy Elliott. Missy Elliott. Oh, man. Run DMC. Oh, yeah, Run DMC is on there. Um, just but that whole Buster, that turn it up, fire it up, Buster Rhymes, and he's got that little bit where there's a nod to Knight Rider, and they're doing a, a, a rap bit and a, a, a Kit like character. Uh, I'm sorry, mm-hmm. my wife and I take him up between that one and Mo Money, More Problems when the B I G P O P P A part comes in. We, we white, we, we white people rap to that. I'm sorry, and, uh, my inner white person rap comes out. So. Oh, have you guys seen, speaking of Missy, um, lately there was a, uh, you know, a middle-aged white woman that was, like, rapping one of her songs, and so (laughs) Missy Elliott showed, I like Missy Elliott, and if she would just Mm -hmm. drop that album she's been talking about for, like, 27 years, but, um, she went on stage while this woman was performing and surprised her. I just think she's the coolest. I I saw a picture of, um, a meme the other day of, it was, like, like when Missy Elliott first came out versus now, and she looks younger and like more fit now. And she someone's is like, a babe. someone said something like her, like Missy Elliott's getting younger. And they said like the response to the, the images was she flipped it and reversed it, you know? Like, <laughs> yes! <laughs> yes! And I was like, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I can't do it, but that's my attempt. That's my white man rap. It's so great. Love it. Yeah. Um, <sighs> Yeah, I, I love that movie, actually, and you made me think of another soundtrack that might be on yours. It's now on my honorable mentions that I'll, I'll mention at the end, just in case it is on your top five, but I can't believe I didn't think about it until you mentioned Can't Hardly Wait. So You know what else is missing? What's a that? Barry, Manil- Barry Manilow song on oh, the soundtrack. Oh, yes. Preston Myers? What? Preston. Is that the... That's not the that's song. Embry. No, that's oh, okay. Embry's character. character. Like, yeah. What's missing? yeah. There's another song that is not coming to mind that should have been on it, and I don't see it on the list. So that I, I just can't believe I can't remember it. Oh, it's kind of interesting when you look at what ends up being on a soundtrack and then things mm-hmm. that don't. And I yeah. know that most of it has to do with money. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I feel like sometimes they improvise. Like yes. the things they throw off the tracks too much. It's nigh impossible to get. A worthy 16 candles soundtrack because a lot is left off mm. or at least when I looked for it in the past so I just gave up it killed my hope <sighs> my inner my inner teenager was killed in search of that yeah for sure well um and again not surprising like you said Corey that that would be on your list but let's go <gasps> oh, uh, oh. it just came to mind the, what is it? it's the song at the very end Yazoo uh, only you and do not see it and that song the, the one where where it starts playing as they're at the train station the electronic version that song should be on this soundtrack and it is not and that is criminal mm. because it's at that pivotal scene it's at, at that end. main yeah the, when they yes and he gets and the it girl. comes in with that electronic beat with a little keyboard it's very simple sounding and it just goes right into it amazing song only you i believe is the name of it you got yazoo uh, Vince Clark before he went on to Erasure and probably in between Depeche Mode and Erasure. Mm. <sighs> that was going to bug me, and I'm glad I remembered. There you go. Well, with that, Mike, let's go to your number four. All right. Well, despite any legitimately convincing crying issues and problems, 
and I think you know where I'm going with this. If not, I'd be surprised that you don't know what I'm alluding to. Uh, but that's not the focus of this list. Uh, not, not, non-convincing crying is not the issue. I'm setting that aside. I would feel more than just a tad guilty not including Baz Luhrmann's treatment of Romeo and Juliet from 1996 Ooh. on my list. Oh, so love me, love me. E- yes, the earworm that is the Cardigan's love fool. I cannot, that totally appealed to my sensibilities. <laughs> and, you know, having found out that then they had on that debut album of theirs, and I've forgotten the name of it, but they had their own version of Iron Man, which is a hatchet job, but I loved them anyway. They're a guilty pleasure of mine, and I can't help but like the Cardigan's. Uh, it's probably the most pop and mainstream of the songs, and uh, probably I would say "Garbage" is uh, number one crushes as well. The closing track uh, by the Wanna Dies, uh, "You and Me" song, just hit every note, pro- every note properly with me. It's just the, when they're talking about arguments and, and things that the significant other will do to try to get, you know, diffuse the situation and. I'm gonna die. I'm gonna follow a rabbit trail because sometimes we have these interactions with our students, and I will say that during dismissal yesterday, I saw a couple that I know. I have both of them separately in classes, and the, you could tell there was something going on between them. And I finally heard the dialogue between them, and she's she's yelling at them, and this is par- partially reminding me of this song here, that you and me song. She finally yelled out, "Just because I won't hold your hand doesn't mean I don't love you anymore." And he's just standing, wondering around because it's. I, I finally called him, called the one student up, and I said, I'm not meaning to make fun of you, but that was hilarious because <laughs> I wanted to say to your boyfriend, welcome to adulthood. And, <laughs> and she thought that was it was all a prank. They were playing a prank on everybody to see if they would even notice how they were acting. And uh. I, I don't understand, but okay, I get it. You got my attention. Um, but again, I'm relating that to that song because, you know, we all have times where these two will fight and I mean it's Romeo and Juliet there's going mm-hmm. to be this huge disagreements that's not even mentioning all the others Radioheads on their butthole surfers ever clear the other Baz Luhrmann's film Moulin Rouge I really wanted to pick that but I went with Romeo and Juliet it's it was a tough pick for me well, that is a, it's a memorable soundtrack too and I didn't like the movie at the time because I was very much like anything Leonardo DiCaprio the jealousy <laughs> of all of my teeth the the peers girls of mine that were all obsessed with him and I could not in any way shape or form but, compete not that I can oh, now it's, but, but it's now got, you don't blame them no it's got your boy it's got your boy Paul Rudd who has an age it does still. Uh, oh, he doesn't I think he's I've used he's that movie a, a, Dorian um, Gray I've taught it as Romeo and Juliet like uh, comparison to the book and then I've, I've used it as references to other things and it does um, even when we watch West Side Story my brain was referencing that movie uh, more so than just the Romeo and Juliet story, because I do, I I'm sorry, but Mercutio in that film is one of my favorite. No. Like I love that version of Mercutio so so much. Um, and so yeah, um, that's I, I think that's a cool pick, and it's a fun one, um, for sure. Uh, which is very much against my type, but I just couldn't. Oh, I like. I have a guilty pleasure. I wanted to tell you that I was looking through your Instagram stories the other day and you had that on so i listened to that song love fool on repeat like two or three times while i vacuum my house <laughs> i was like darn you it's so good you know how so difficult good. it was to find that version there's other oh, versions heck. but there wasn't I the soundtrack one 
and I'll, I was having a hard time finding like uh, in Google music i wasn't finding the soundtrack but i yeah. found where fans had made their own soundtracks together. yep I yeah did that today i was doing that today yeah. after school yeah um and uh this by the way I, I obviously Corey and i have both seen this movie so we both have one um Yay. of mike's movies so oh and also also um further proof that we are living in the matrix see how this is all connected yes yes um that said you guys ready for my number three Yes. Yes. I'm not sure how you two feel about the movie that I'm about to talk about, but oh god, <laughs> oh boy. I wait went... a minute. It's Hudson Hawk, isn't it? It's not. No. Although it <laughs> definitely could be. The music that's in that movie is great. Yes. Um, I love the Bill. Uh, Bill. I love Bruce Willis's version of um, the. Uh, it could be swinging on no. a star. No. I love that. No. no. I love no. it. I no. love it. I no. love it. But that's not Bruno, it. The Bru- no. Bruno. The number is three. A dark time in music. It deals with partially acapella music. Um, I was sucked into the Pitch Perfect movie in 2012, and I won't deny I have listened to this soundtrack and sang along many, many times since that movie. And there are, like, the the version, uh, the medley of Kelly Clarkson's song um, of, uh, I'm going to forget, Since You've Been Gone, um... I love the medley that's in the movie. The soundtrack version isn't as much of a medley. It, I think it's just two of the singers um, on the soundtrack. But nonetheless, I have, I've, in fact, uh, Kelly Clarkson is a judge on The Voice, and my wife is an avid watcher of The Voice, so I caught part of it. And I am a big Kelly Clarkson fan. Um, I got to do that. I gotta, ah, Kelly Clarkson. Kelly Clarkson. Um, my, my chest shaved. So I was watching uh, that show the other night, and Since You've Been Gone was... I heard it somewhere that same night, and so... It prompted me to want to listen to my favorite version of it, which is from Pitch Perfect. And um, I love the soundtrack. Um, I love all the little versions of the songs. I love their medley at the end that the Bellas do. That includes the uh, the iconic song from The Breakfast Club, um, you know, uh, where they, they merge it in with a couple other songs. I love how they merge it in. I think it fits so perfectly. Um, and I, I don't know. I just love... Uh, all of the acapella in this movie, the, the riff-off sequence where they do No Diggity, um, I <laughs> I love the soundtrack. Um, this movie's hilarious. I am an Anna Kendrick fan. Um, she tends to win me over. I just find her to be absolutely charming. Um, you pair that with acapella music, which I don't always like, but when it's done well, I tend to enjoy. I'm a big fan of Straight No Chaser. Their Christmas album is probably my favorite Christmas album. Um, they're an acapella group. Uh, and the... Um, Pentatonics, which are, got very popular on YouTube, uh, they have several versions of songs that I like actually more than the regular song. Their version of Imagine Dragons Radioactive with uh, Lindsey Sterling playing violin is absolutely fantastic, um, in my opinion. So uh, I am a fan of acapella to a degree, and Pitch Perfect um, weasel its way onto my uh, top five. Uh, let's go back to Anna Kendrick. Okay. Because one. That's really the only thing I can add to it because I've not watched. I know any any of them in their completion, which doesn't make sense because I've I seen all just... of them, and they well, progressively but... get worse. But ah, uh, that's a shame. Yeah. Um. So maybe I won't. Maybe I'll watch the first one because the first, the first one's the second one's tolerable. The third one is it should not have been made. It's it's bad. Uh, bummer. <laughs> well, the thing is, uh, our home was a glee home, ah, so you would yes. think that that would translate, and it never did. Maybe I got burnt out. I got burned out certain of Glee. Am- yeah, and over a certain amount of seasons of Glee, then you're just like, but I'm a huge, I, I don't know if you're familiar with Boca, 
which is the something college acapella. Okay, B O college acapella is, but there's a compilation that there was for a while, oh. and it was uh, um, college acapella groups that were oh, wow. competitive. Yeah, and you know, there's a, a bunch of well, and Pitch Perfect still... is based on a true story, actually. Um, so they could be, real... it be, could be from that. It and most likely I is. Affinity for that, and I because some of the versions were so well done. Actually, I'll be honest; any of those were not badly done, and that's why they made those compilations. Ah. And we would get to them. that. All that to say, a couple weeks back, of wait, wait, don't tell me, Anna Kendrick made an appearance. I already love her, and that further mm. grew my love for her. She was so good and so funny. They talked about how they can, she came up with that cup routine and you know basically uh, self-deprecating and like i have too much time on my hands and over the course of watching too much youtube i had this idea during my audition and it worked and they went with it and you saw what ends up mm-hmm. happening with it yeah and just all the little bits that she's such a great interview or at least they did so well with her i don't know that i'd seen her interviewed before and she's, i know i think I'm, she's I'm just genuinely a really great person who likes what she's doing i think she actually is like uh, happy with what's happening in her life mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. It, it's infectious i think it just shows it, in everything it she definitely does. shows definitely and i just oh, i was swooning uh hmm. yeah you should check out a simple favor when you get a chance man that movie is something <gasps> yeah. twistedly dark funny that i think would be right up your alley i, I yeah i need to i i debated that one but yeah I, i'm sure i will like I, basically anything that she's gonna be in um she is like the opposite of Joey King, who I love. Ah. She can't pick a film to save her she, life, her, sadly. Uh, there's, there's a movie, I think, Summer of something, Summer of 84 uh, or something that she's in. Summer of 03. 03. Um, I'm hoping that one's good. That was at one of the festivals I saw, and I heard positive things coming out of the festival. Nice. I'm hoping nice. that Thank it's goodness. good. She needs it. She yeah, needs she it. Yeah, she does, because everything I, I I've seen recently has been real bad. Yeah, and in fact, I think uh, Slender Man. Slender Man? Slender Man came up and caught. Yeah, least favorite movie of the year. Discussion and I'm like, yeah, that was and we were all in agreement. I said that was I've heard nothing but horrible, horrible things. Um, what? I just lost it. I I thought it was Joy Ken related, but whatever. It was not that been that important. Well, let's move. Oh, I know. I know. uh, Hellfest. Which is not joking. Ah, not joking. I don't know, but that's that's. I'm, anyway. I'm planning to see that this weekend, probably. Um, not a priority, but I might make it to it. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm interested in. I like the premise actually of that one because yeah. to me that's always been what's scary about like the unpopulated um, horror houses, the ones where there's not a lot of people. Mm-hmm. That it could be very easy for them to just kill you and leave you there, and you no one would know. But yeah. um, did, did you see? And this is not film related. I'll bring it up though. There was uh, someone had found someone's picture account, and they had had pictures of when Terror on Church Street was still open. Oh, it was a really cool retrospective, uh-huh. and um, I'm hoping it's infinitely better than I want to say Rob Zombie's Thirty One, uh-huh. where they had something like that. I can I, I, again. Anyway, I got to move on because yep. we'll get sidetracked on that. All right. Well, then, Corey, let's, uh, unless you want to add to Pitch Perfect, what's your number three? I'm going to move to my number three. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so, <Whoa>. um, <laughs> the first one was fine. I think I saw the second one, and it just wasn't. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Hey, hey, you know what? At least it didn't have Zoe Deschanel. Oh, I wouldn't have watched it. Um, 
So here we are with one of the directors that we kind of were talking about earlier with. They do such a great job with the soundtracks. And I had to go with Pretty in Pink by John Hughes. Yep. I just had to. Um, and they're an old friend and I used to talk about John Hughes soundtracks and for a long time I thought that maybe Breakfast Club does have the better soundtrack but looking through my soundtracks I am having to go with Pretty in Pink mm-hmm. uh, I, I, I think it's a more a stronger um, idea it, it is and I like so many of the musicians on it anyways um, and I, like I said earlier I was like looking through my records earlier today and there's an inscription on the back of this one. I don't know if it's on the CD. I got the record store day that was pressed on pink vinyl, I think back in 2012. And it says that he and whoever helped with the music on the um, soundtrack and in the movie, none of it was an accident that he thanks all the musicians and bands for believing in him. And he wanted to show that he believes in them too. And I just think that that always showed in his films and here he was, a middle-aged man, sorry, making movies for teenagers, and I just think that he did a great job capturing all those, you know. I wish I had the ear for teenage, you know what I mean? Because he had the ear for the dialogue and for the sentiment. that they, It's like he didn't forget what it was like yeah. to be that age. Not, and, and, he did, and he treated teenagers respectful. I mean... I think that's one of the things that, and I know I've heard I've heard it mentioned by students that, that most of the time most adults are so condescending and feel that teenagers, and yeah, there are going to be some kids that are irresponsible. But that is, I mean, they're teenagers; they're mm-hmm. learning. Yeah. You got to figure yourself out. Correct, and that you got to have some guidance, and there's a way to guide them. And um, I'm not saying that we're, we're allowed them to run, you know, plow through us, but at least give an ear. And, li- and, and and listen and he seemed to and he got along with them and uh, as, his, as with his cast and that's why he had Molly Ringwald a couple of times and Anthony Michael Hall and and, and, and it, it, yeah he got it and <coughs> man I, I I'm, st- I'm I miss him I miss those kind of films he ended up you know obviously making huge blockbusters but they weren't like those teen films that he had that were so good Agreed. Yeah, and I, I'm I'm a big Hughes fan too. Um, although I I like Breakfast Club, I do think it, it gets maybe a little overhyped um, from time to time. Um, I not I think it's a great movie. Don't get me wrong. Don't get mad. Uh, no. But no, I do, I'm not mad. I just yeah. trying to think. Yeah, I could see that. I mean, the re- like realistically, the story is is moderate you know it's more about character and i think it does an excellent job and there are some memorable scenes but also at the same time there's some of the scenes are really contrived and and goofy you know like Mm -hmm. to make the premise work even saturday detention where the teacher doesn't actually punish them yeah is it's a ridiculous premise but um you know maybe of the time i i guess as a teacher maybe i take a little like no come on Hold up, but um, uh, I mean, I mean, the comparison would be to the Spider-Man Homecoming detention, where the teacher kind of isn't doing much either. But true, but at least he's sitting there, like he's in the true. room, um, and he has he's a Captain drawn, America he's being video. Being drawn in crisis, so you're in detention. Uh, <laughs> you <know? laughs> but uh, 
I do I do like the movie still. Again, I'm not saying I don't like it, but um, I, I like Pretty in Pink, I think, more of as a movie anyways. Like, I do... I would much rather... If I'm picking a Hughes film, that's probably the first one of that type of film. Um, I would honestly, if I'm picking a Hughes film, I'm picking Home Alone. Um, like, that's that's my go-to uh, Christmas film. So, um, one of one of the other differences between and I, and that was another point I wanted to make between Breakfast Club soundtrack and Pretty in Pink. Pretty in Pink has more recognizable, like yes. Suzanne Vega, New Order. Are the first ones that come to mind? Psychedelic furs. Psychedelic. Oh yeah, the type Echo of. Bunny men. Yeah. Smith. Oh my gosh. Um, so yeah, that's a a broader for me, and and because I do have a CD copy of the Breakfast Club soundtrack somewhere. I do not. I, I think I do too. It's in a box. I had a cassette copy of Pretty in Pink. So I don't know if I. Yeah, I mean, I enjoyed it that much. I probably wore that one out. But the thing with Breakfast Club soundtrack is there's a lot of instrumentals. And um, We Are Not Alone is okay. Obviously, Don't You Forget About Me, the yeah. standout song. And I'm pretty sure There's only two picks, really. That that song got famous because Hughes used it in his film. Mm-hmm. Mm. And it yeah. wasn't supposed to be Simple Minds, I think. I want to say that it was offered to the pretender. No, it was offered to someone else. Mm-hmm. Chrissy Hind was married to the singer of Simple Minds at the time. And that's something along the way. It wasn't originally going to be Simple Minds, but... Uh, uh, the, the better pick, I agree with you. The oh, better pick it. is pretty in pick. All right. Well, let's move to Mike's number three because we still got to go through our two and one. So. Oh, yeah. All right. All right. So this one's from one of the few performances from Matthew Lillard that I can actually get behind. Oh. And this is, uh, yeah, I, he's grown on me in his appearance in Twin Peaks, um, the, the the resurgence, the, the mm-hmm. you know, the Showtime he did very well in that, and he has, he has been in roles. I think there's one he played in the bridge, but overall, really, I was not a Matthew Lillard fan until this 1998's SLC Punk, which ah. again my reputation precedes me. It's it's basically another gateway into the realm of punk. The list of artists includes Iggy Pop, The Exploited, Fear, The Stooges, Ramones, Blondie, The Specials, Generation X, The Velvet Underground, The Adolescents, Dead Kennedys, Minor Threats. For me, and some my pe- some people might consider me a poser because this again goes to the kind of <gasps> pop punk uh, suicide uh, machine. Oh, see, yes, over, I, I apologize for overlooking them. Um, but I'll pick <coughs> this is the one that stand up for me is Generation X's "Kiss Me Dead Deadly." And if you're not familiar with Generation X, that's Billy Idol's band prior to his success as a solo artist. And honestly, I owned uh, Vital Idol and. R- R- Oh my gosh, the one that had eyes without a face, uh, Rebel Yell on vinyl, and uh, let's let's we just mentioned Blink One Eighty Two being pop punk. Those records are not really punk. Generation X was more punk, and just when you listen to that, that that, which I thought, okay, Kiss Me Deadly, I'm associating that with Lita Ford, and it confused me initially. I'm like, okay, well, what is this? Is this what she got the song? And it's not. It's a totally different. Kiss Me Deadly. And I would, I mean, I would have argued that it was a Lita Ford song until I finally listened to it. Mm. I'm glad it wasn't. I'm glad I was mistaken. This film, I have not seen the sequel for fear of tainting the, you know, the original. It just worked over all the idea. Not only are there punks, but there are punks stuck out in Utah, which is the wasteland for someone that's a punker or a mod or any of those. And uh, is it Jason Siegel? Yes, I love him in that. 
uh, that wow. he plays is just whoa. But yeah, he's a this, square. Yeah, well, but don't mess well, with him, dude. Yeah. Don't mess with him. Yeah. And that that was like for a little while for me that was like goals. But I'm not that way. I, I don't I don't fight. Well, I have seen this movie too, so that's uh, nice. Two of Yay! My, and I I haven't seen it in a while, but I um I did like this movie a lot when I watched it. Um, I've been wanting to rewatch because you know there's a sequel out. Yes, but I'm afraid. Um, I'm, I'm I've heard of the not great things. Yeah. Uh, but there's a local band um, that I I'm not gonna remember their name. They have they have split up since they uh, they recorded, but um, one of their songs. Uh, opens with a uh, audio clip from the movie um, before they started. They were like a they're a pop punk band. Um, uh, Tommy Stevens was the bass player. That's how I taught him, and I it was I actually bought their album. I thought it was really good. It's like they had it's just like a four song EP, but um, I was really thrilled when that happened. And he was the one who told me about SLC Punk Two coming out. Um, I think he said it was okay, but definitely mm-hmm. not nothing to the original. Um, it's but, hard to surpass the original. It was, it, it's just a lightning a bottle moment. Yeah, Matthew and Lillard, the, the ending of that movie hit dish. hard. Always, my favorite character dies. Yeah, well, I mean, that's I how mean, it happens. And it's a very ironic death too. Mm-hmm. too. I mean, the character named Heroin Bob dying from what he was truly afraid of—he never would have touched it—and yeah. that's what he dies of. Well, um, that's definitely, I, we were seeing a trend. Um, and I think in, we're seeing a trend in all of ours um, to a degree. Corey's is, uh, I would say musically maybe some more obscure stuff or at least not like it's not mainstream because like third eye blinds mainstream but they were like they faded out really fast like they were really popular with semi-charm kind of life and then they kind of mm-hmm. faded they still exist they still tour even the fans um, all we listen to is the first album oh <laughs> i didn't know that because the first album is like perfect though there's like that's that it whole is. album is amazing um and Maybe we is, could blame uh, Vanessa Carlton because I think she dated the singer for a little she while. She did for like a long time. And he's yeah. Carson Daly's uh, half brother or step brother or something like that. What? Yeah, Stephen Jenkins, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, I feel I very confident. Okay. I was a TRL junkie because that was when like my music was coming in. Like Corn <laughs> and Limp Biscuit started weaseling their way <laughs> in between Backstreet yeah. Boys and NSYNC. And so I had to watch it. I had to like, come on, Corn, you'll take them out. Um, so You were voting multiple times. Oh, yeah. Um, so, you know, but. Uh, that said, I'm going to move to my number two, and my pattern seems to be most of my soundtracks are within the movie as well, like the characters are actually singing a lot of these, um, with the exception of Baby Driver, but even Baby Driver's soundtrack is diegetic. Everything is in the movie. It's in his iPod. Um, so that does seem to be a trend with my choices. Um, and maybe because I get to hear so many of the songs in the movie that I'm aware of all of them. With some of the other soundtracks, um, like you said, with Can't Hardly Wait, a lot of the songs don't make it onto the soundtrack that are in the movie. So you buy it, and you're like, well, this isn't even what I wanted. Um, my number two is an animated film, and it is from a fairly recent one. I absolutely love the Moana soundtrack and have listened to the Moana soundtrack, which was uh, c- composed by Lin-Manuel Miranda, who became super famous from um, his Hamilton Broadway musical, uh, wrote the music for Moana, and I love this soundtrack um almost every single song on here i can listen to at any time uh shiny being the one that in the film i initially didn't like uh that jermaine clement sings um and now i adore i just think it's so brilliant it's so witty and funny um you're welcome with dwayne the rock johnson just crushing it and the young actress who plays moana has some powerful vocals um i actually don't like the uh on the soundtrack there are like covers with like 
famous singers singing the songs. I don't like those. I like the, no. the songs from the movie um, with the people from the movie singing it. And, uh, yeah, it's my number two because I have listened to the soundtrack an insane amount of time since this movie came out. Um, it's, it's easily... I'm pretty sure it's my favorite Disney, if you qualify her as a princess, Disney princess movie, I, I think, hands down. It's well, my favorite. Much. Yeah, so, <laughs> um, yeah, Moana, my number two. I got an amazingly great nap during this one mm. and never tried okay. watching it again. And I apologize because I know people love it. And yes. I look at people, I know they're your welcome reference. Yeah. And then I kind of nod my head and. And grin and, and pretend to just go along with it because I have no idea about it. I still it at can't all. believe you didn't like it. Um, uh, it's not so much that oh I didn't God. like it; it knocked me out. Yeah, I think yeah. it was a double feature. Oh it was yeah, at the drive-in. The drive-in I know yeah. that much. And it was a second feature after. I, I don't know. Maybe it was. There's only shed. two Disney soundtracks that have done this to me. When I was a kid, I was obsessed with the Little Mermaid soundtrack. And um, I mean, come on! How yeah, could you not? Be? Under the sea, right? Like that's one of the greatest songs. Like it, it's just amazing. Um, but Moana, uh, as an adult, pulled me back into that scene where I was listening to it over and over again. It drove my wife and daughter crazy, which is you know clearly the intended what? audience is more because um, they'd be like, I'd be like, you guys want to listen to Moana soundtrack? And they'd both look at me like, are you crazy? I'm like, come on, it's great. Like, what okay. do you what do you that, want from that's, me? See, that's me with La La Land. Ah, my family is like. Again, it was like, hard for me not to. You put don't that know my life. Here. Yeah, I love that soundtrack too. I've listened to the La La Land soundtrack a whole bunch of times. Um, uh, La La Land has become the new litmus test, and if people's eyes light up, or if they judge me, then I. Do Corey the same. hates La La Land, Mike. Nah, judgment is. <laughs> oh, right judge now. away! You can send hate mail. I don't get it. I don't get it. No, nah, that's a lot of effort. I'm not gonna send that. Hate mail. All right, Corey. <laughs> what's your okay. number two? Oh God! Another surprise. Um, <laughs> What do you guess it is? Okay, let's see here. You've I done like Pretty in Pink. <laughs> You've done can't hardly can't wait. Wait. You've done uh, Train Spotting. Hmm. Hmm. I feel uh, like this should be a wager. I oh maybe what it should Corey's with music. What Killian Murphy Murphy ha, movie? Oh, ha, something with that. Has He's such Hedwig. a babe. Has Hanson done a soundtrack? Oof. No, but I'm really jealous that they are somewhere in Florida doing their string theory, which is backed by an orchestra. So Uh-oh. there's that. Hmm. All right. I'm I still don't know the number that. two pick, though. Okay, guys. Okay, I went with Frank. Oh, God, I should have totally known that. Duh. I oh. freaking <laughs> love this soundtrack. If Michael Fassbender ever wants to leave his sometimes questionable acting career, not his ability, but the, you know, the <laughs> some of the roles he's playing. Yeah, I'm... I'm gonna watch Snowman. I'm gonna let you guys know Ooh. how. I'm gonna let you know how it is. But I, it's just like glaring at me. I don't remember if it's on Hulu or. It was. HBO yeah, it Go. Was. It's on something that anytime I'm in there, it's like staring at me. It, so I've heard it's, it's just really bad. I have also I, heard the same thing. His I, name is I Harry think, Balls. Yes, I which think. I feel like you can't have done that on accident. No. I think on the <laughs> caption, you know how they usually say, "Because you like this." I think for that one, it'll read. Because you hate your life, they're going to yeah. recommend it. <laughs> because we you have so much this. free time. Instead of Netflix, are you still watching? They Please just start playing this. Snowman. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> um, I love everything about this movie. And I love the music so much. And I have pretended to change my ringtone. And it just pretending? goes right back. Well, oh. I'll change it. And then like a week later, I'm like, eh. You know, 
mm-hmm. back to, you know, I don't know. I love all the music in this, and I wish that some of the songs, they're really short in the movie, and then they put them on the soundtrack, and they're really short. I do wish they would have fleshed those out some and made them more complete, but... Mm-hmm. I just love this movie soundtrack. I love everything. I want to rewatch this movie. I really enjoyed it the first time, and I am a fan of the director, um, Freddie Abraham. That's not Freddie. Lenny Abrahamson. Um, and his recent movie, Little Stranger, I really enjoyed, and I love Room. All of his um, movies are very different. But they're all about loneliness and isolation. Word. Yeah. I do like movies about those things. Yes. Um but, uh, yes, they are very different, like, visually and also uh, story-wise, but thematically Even they're tied together. don't think about what the movies are about, like, mm-hmm. I I don't know. But, um, yeah, I, I definitely want to rewatch this. And Corey and I watched the documentary about the real-life Frank Longbottom. And I bought and, the book. And you bought the book? Oh, I didn't know that. Uh, have you yeah. read the book? Nope, it's very short, but I'm still uh, reading Common Type. Well, we watched I'm the documentary still... um, during... It premiered at South by Southwest, and... Um, it was a very good documentary, a uh, very compelling story about Frank Longbottom and the genius it's behind beautiful. it. Um, yes, not as not as beautiful as Won't You Be My Neighbor, but definitely a beautiful documentary. Um, anyways, that is Corey's number two, so we got to hear Mike's, and then we'll get to our number ones. All right, this is another one. See, this, I'm glad I'm not the only one. This is another one I've repeatedly mentioned on previous episodes of Top 5. And um, I'm going to make an addendum because I want to... Uh, we'll see about your reaction. It's from 2002. It's 24-hour party people. I knew uh, this was going to be on this. Yes, because this one, I mean, I would like to know what happened to my copy of it. I'm going to dig through my collection. Uh, I think that this is the one I want as my pick for the viewing. Ah. Oh. Okay. Cool, because I actually I really want to watch this. I bought this. Oh, oh good. Okay. It's. Uh, I hope I have my copy. If not, I'll have to figure out how to do this. But okay, so it's basically the chronicle of the rise and fall of Manchester, the Manchester, and even prior to Manchester music scene, as it was seen via Factory Records and the recollections of Tony Wilson, who was played by Steve Coogan, as mm-hmm. just in an amazing, amazing performance. So funny and so wry and dry and just perfect, in my opinion. That's why it's my number two pick. Just like my other soundtrack picks. This includes a myriad of seminal artists. Everyone should know these artists. Joy Division, Happy Mondays, Sex uh. Pistols, The Buzzcocks, The Clash, The Rudy Column, New Order, 808 State, even lesser known artists like uh, a rapper, uh, uh, rapper, um, a guy called Gerald. There's a huge hole in the catalog in the form that there's no inclusion of the Smiths, but that makes sense. That's actually a plot point in the movie. Ah, okay. It's addressed by Tony Wilson's character. Uh, because he does break the the fourth wall at some point here and there. Uh, honestly, Factory Mix missed the boat on signing the Smiths in favor. Uh, they lost out to Rough Trade, who did sign the Smiths. And dang, um, yeah, they they. Uh, if that's truthful, I can't imagine why he would lie about that, because that's a huge loss to them. Um, to be honest, it's probably likely Morris. He would never have. He he just doesn't clear the song. He didn't clear songs for the story of the Smiths. They had to do all. The, the story of the Smiths prior to the Smiths actually being the Smiths. And so that puts a real big camper on a production when you cannot use the music uh, that the movie is about, uh, uh, that the movie's, you know, the, the band's is the yeah. main subject. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. 
Um, there's a couple other glaring omissions, and I'll explain why they're not on there. Uh, Stone Roses in Spiral Carpets were huge during that scene. They were contemporaries of Happy Mondays, but neither of them were Factory Records uh, artists. So in essence, that makes sense. Um, in the, very much the same way that Sam told Largeman in Garden State, you got to listen to this. It'll change your life. And it definitely... May, I mean, at this point, I my musical taste already formed, but it continued. I'm like, okay, I could see, you know, this was my musical history. So, mm-hmm. yeah, and I'm I'm excited. I, I hope this is this official. Is this your yes, pick? Yes, this is okay. the one I want. This is the one I want. I don't want to torment people. I think it's worth awesome. watching. So, um, Matt, Matt, and Craig, if you're listening, and I'll be making this more formal. Um, Mike's pick for winning the summer movie draft 2018 is that we watch 24-hour party people um, and we'll try to do a special episode of Movie Club once all of us have watched it but I'm excited about this so I'm glad because Mike could have totally tortured us and he's gone a very (laughs) kind direction Um, I I look forward to giving this movie a go my fear is that people will dislike it I don't think so though because there's just so many relatable things in it I really wanted y'all to like Hudson Hawk. I'm not gonna lie. I still like. <laughs> I didn't. I was expecting to hate every second of it, and no, I didn't. No, I, I, there were there. It had its moments. I, I would probably give it another. Point. I would have thought it was that. fun when I was a kid. Yeah, yeah and that's. I, I still that. have nostalgia for it. Again, I still love cappuccino. Um, you know, <laughs> it's still like my favorite coffee. And so. the people named after snacks and whatnot. Yes. Butterfinger. Um, but <laughs> I love the stupidity of Butterfinger when he's just like, ah, to be in Perry and in love and they're in Rome, Italy. It's just like, <laughs> it's so great. All right. Um, that leads us to our number one. Um, my number one, Corey's already called me out on it because Corey watched this movie with me for Movie Club and I have been 100% obsessed with the rudderless soundtrack since I saw the movie. <laughs> Um, I like the movie. I don't think the movie is a masterpiece, but I love the soundtrack. I love every song on the soundtrack so, so much. Um, it is uh, Billy Crudup does most of the songs. Um, where it's the full band, you get Billy Crudup and Anton Yelchin, who, oh my goodness, if this is not the perfect thing for a fan of, the, of Anton Yelchin to own, because he's gone now and while I loved him yeah. as an actor he's a talented singer too mm-hmm. I love him in this movie and I mean between the story which I won't say because I don't think enough people have seen this movie and I don't want to spoil because I think it, it broaches on a topic that is one extremely relevant today but two from a perspective that I don't think many people would be willing to mm-hmm. even try to come from and um, it, it's really I don't know if it's if it's good or bad for that but I think it's daring as if nothing else um, I found the movie uh, to be endearing, and I I think Billy Crudup's performance is phenomenal. Anton Yelchin is phenomenal. You know, I'm so sad that he's gone, but my mm-hmm. God, this soundtrack is so great. Um, from you have uh, "Home," the first song on the soundtrack, to the very last song, "Sing Along," which I sing and tear up while I sing "Sing Along." Um, I think when you listen to the words and you know the text of the, the movie and then you hear Billy Crudup sing, which if you're a fan of Billy Crudup, of course, he's also sang or performed in another movie, almost famous as uh, the Golden God. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, in uh, while I, li- I like that soundtrack, it, this this is like it's my style of music. It's 
it feels like the bands that I was in, not necessarily in terms of quality, but in terms of like the venues that we see them play and the uh, the fan reaction and even the maybe the the different levels of passion. Like I would be like the Anton Yelchin guy who's just like, "Come on, let's make a band. We can do it." And then you know I've played with people like Billy Credup who are super talented but don't really see it as a as a viable path and they're like kind of just going along begrudgingly because you're too energetic to tell for them to tell you no and i i love this soundtrack um it's probably in my top five albums right now not just soundtrack like of if i'm gonna pick an album to listen to this is in that top five rotation right now um I can listen to it at any time. I've listened to it so many times since we've watched this movie, which I think we watched last year, if I remember correctly. I think it's been a little over a year since we experienced this film for the first time, and that soundtrack has been on my heavy rotation um, since. So it was an easy no-brainer for me to pick number one, and I've talked about it enough to Corey that she knew it was going to be on my list. So (laughs) rudderless, uh, number one. I I don't dispute why you would pick it. it. I need to watch it again and really spend time with it because I watched it in bits and pieces mm-hmm. enough that I caught the Selena Gomez part and I'm like, oh, yeah, okay, and just you know, and because I'm really not a fan, I'm not the demographic for her, but no. I, I I liked her in this because it's, it's not a huge role either. I, I, but I could appreciate her, yeah, um, for it and just the whole premise is that's hard to kind of even bring up. I I, I couldn't imagine, yeah. Uh, having to do that, but what what better way to commemorate? You know, a parent should never outlive their child, and yeah, that's hard. Yeah, yeah. and um, you know, if you haven't checked it out, um, it's it bounces around a little on some of the streaming services. It was on HBO for a little while, or Stars or Showtime. One of those channels had it for a little while. Um, I bought it on a whim. A student that graduated two years ago um, recommended Rudderless to me, and I added it to my list and then um i don't remember what our theme was the month we watched it but uh i feel like we picked it maybe because of billy crudup i'm not even 100 percent sure but um when we watched it i didn't really know what i was getting into i definitely didn't know how much i was going to love the music and it's, it just hasn't left me so um, i'm very grateful to that student i'm not going to name drop her but uh she knows who she is and i think she might listen to the podcast from time to time so thank you for that recommendation it's been easily one of my favorite recommendations nice um from isn't a student, it great so. when they when they bring up stuff and that really clicks with you it's just like there's something about that it's, yeah it's, it's, it's a cool thing to be the teacher that's learning from the student and being taught agreed completely um all right uh that goes uh cory unless you want to add anything about rudderless that goes to you Corey? Dang it. Yep. I really loved that. I don't want to say love, but I really enjoyed watching that movie, and I did like that they showed that side of it, because it's not something that we're usually, I guess, made privy to. And I don't know. I watched watched, uh, TED Talks recently Mm -hmm. by um, one of the moms of one of the Columbine shooters. Mm-hmm. And it was oh, just kind of eye-opening. I, I don't know. I, think I haven't that seen that. That's interesting. Forget that they're also people. Um, so my number one. Um, on to another sad subject. <laughs> is oh this? I'm pretty sure that there is not an official soundtrack that you can 
purchase. There are fan-made mixes, places, um, but I think that they really missed the ball, and I think that if they uh, would... Guys, here's a record store day, (laughs) because all the big executives are listening to this podcast. This would be a great record store day release, but I had to go with Me, Earl, and the Dying Girl. This, I just remember sitting in the theater and... I already talked about Brian Eno earlier in the episode, and I knew of Brian Eno, but this I'll Come Running by Brian Eno, I was just typing the lyrics as many as I could get into my phone so I could Google it when I got home, and I was just, I don't know. And I didn't know, but our friend told me, a friend of the podcast told me that um, he curated the music for the movie. So there's lots of his own music, but um, oh. also David Byrne from The Talking Heads. Mm-hmm. Um, but there, I don't know. And like I said, I love all four of his first albums now. I can't really get into his ambient stuff that he did a little later on, but I'll always love Brian Eno just because of the soundtrack. For sure. He's an artist, I, I guess I have missed the boat on, so I'm a little... I feel like you would love those uh, you, albums. You, yeah, you would think, and I just haven't gravitated. Him, Craftwork, uh, Wire. Um, there's a bunch that I should know better. I just I know of them. Music I can sing to. Not that anybody oh, no, needs to be hearing me listen, <laughs> sing, but yeah, I don't know. Uh, sometimes I, we I just gotta sing. Yeah. Sometimes we gotta sing. It's just like a yeah. primal scream kind of thing. You're, we get the bongo drums, you sit around in a circle. So, well, that's the thing. Like, there are some soundtracks that I think are better than the movies that they were in. You know what I mean? Like when I was oh, doing yeah. this, where I'm like, do I want to have a soundtrack of a movie that I'm not that big of a fan of, but I really like a lot of the songs? Or like soundtracks that are just basically compilation discs of songs I already liked, but they've all congealed into this one movie. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's an interesting twist on the soundtrack to me. Is like there are movies where they just basically pulled like my favorite songs and put them in the movie. And I find like a lot of those are more forgettable that they're from that movie because I don't associate the song with hear the them movie. Everywhere else. Exactly. So yeah, that's why I think again mine come from like all of mine are in the movie heavily um, because like they they I think of the movie I think of those songs where that's not always the case with some of these soundtracks where it's like yeah but you know and then again there's some like I I knew Gangster's Paradise long before I saw Dangerous Minds like I had heard that song a dozen times. Before I finally sat and watched Dangerous Minds, you know, was was Amish Paradise in anything? Because oh. you know that's the one I would gravitate to. I think it was in a movie at some point, was but it? I'm not sure. <laughs> but the music video could be argued as a movie because Weird Al is fantastic. I love Weird Al. Let the record show that one of my first five CDs was Bad Hair Day that featured oh, Amish man. Paradise. Um, uh, I I, I this got, episode so we can got, get him on. I, I, I will one up you. My what, I remember my vinyl purchase of Weird Al was. Weird Al in 3D. Man, and Mike and I went with my daughter to yes. see Weird Al in Lakeland a few years back, oh, and it was her so first amazing. concert. And it was amazing. Oh, it was so fun. It was such so, a great show. Such a good... Uh, and then when he comes out with the Star Wars stuff, because he does... Oh, yeah. Oh, it was so good. Such a such an amazing show. And, I, and he's like 50-something, and he's still like... You wouldn't well, know. He, he, he was up and around the chairs very close to us. He was yeah. out in the crowd. He was... Oh, That's awesome. Oh, that dude... We love Weird Al. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anyways, I got, we we have one more. Did you get to see him at 
Did you get to see him at Cypress Gardens when that was Cypress Gardens? I didn't. Uh, I wanted uh, to, and I missed out, and I was very bummed. And then um, he, he's do, he just did a tour, but he didn't come here, but he just did a tour. Um, uh, Macon Blair, though, who, uh, Corey uh, and I are fan, he went to the Weird Al tour, the recent one, where he's just doing his original songs. Like, not the... the mm-hmm. He's just doing, like, the, the songs that are on the albums that aren't the parodies. And um, uh-huh. I think oh. it was, like, the Ill-Advised tour um, or something like that. Like Because uh, <laughs> it's, it's not his parody. Um, but, uh, Macon, I was really excited when I saw Macon Blair was also a big Weird Al fan, because, you know, Corey and I, and I think Mike has also been, uh, maybe not as vocal about their, his fandom of Macon So what are you doing after we're done recording, John? Because I'm watching a movie. I desperately want to watch Hold the Dark, the new Jeremy Saulnier and Macon Blair film. Um, I don't think I'm going to get to watch it tonight, because I have to get up early to go to Disney Springs and watch movies tomorrow. You don't need to sleep. (laughs) Um, yeah, I desperately wow. want to watch Hold the Dark. Um, it is something <laughs> I've been waiting be for. <laughs> I've been waiting for since, like, literally, I think if you go back to our top five January preview episode where we looked at the year and what we're most excited for, that movie was on my list because it's Jeremy Saulnier. So very excited mm-hmm. to get to watch this movie finally. Um, I've been anticipating it since the beginning of the year, and I'm hoping that I love it. Like, I've loved all of his other films so far. Um, that said, we still need to hear Mike's number one. Uh, All right. What is your number one soundtrack, Mikey? This was a tough pick. This was normally the number ones are usually the auto ones that are get put in, and mm-hmm. ironically, I have well, in the running was Twin Peaks, which I have running as far as the TV show on Netflix right now, just as background. But I didn't, I couldn't do it um, because my pick would have been related to the TV series, not Firewalk with Me, because I didn't like Firewalk with Me. Anyway. So you two have picked the sadder picks. Mine, mm-hmm. I'm hoping, is more uplifting, and ah. you get you get left with a, a happy feeling, because Richard Richard Linklater hit a huge home run with this. Not just the film, but his accompanying soundtrack from 1993's Dazed and Confused. Just sad. 25th anniversary. Mm. Is it really? And, yeah, they were like posting it on all the movie sites and everything. Oh wow! Oh wow! See, I. I should know that, but um, so I got to say, it's nearly impossible not to start this pickoff without saying "all right, all right, all right," because you know that's the nod to McConaughey's Wooderson's character. And there were two volumes to this, and I'm not—I'm kind of ignoring the even more Days and Confused, which is I think the pink cover, like the pink swirling color one. Oh. I'm sticking with the one that has the original smiley kind of Days and yeah. Confused smiley face with it's a bluish aqua color one that's the one i'm sticking with uh and that so uh, the, i wanted to clear uh, yeah. that up and what's interesting to me because this is my number one i completely forgot that the runaways cherry bomb was on this oh. which ended up being popularized later on by guardians of the galaxy and yeah. so i was like wait i'm like because i knew the song but i'm like i didn't realize that was on there i mean just not only that, Foghat, Alice Cooper, ZZ Top, Ted Nugent, Sweet, War, Leonard Skinner, Kiss, Black Sabbath closes out the soundtrack. The glaring omission. Oh, I mean, uh, one, I'll get to the omission because it's a huge one. I mean, I can't imagine the clearance fees for all the musics. It must have used up a ton, a good chunk of their production money because oh, yeah. these are huge artists that have been around and, you know, they charge for their music. They don't usually allow it to be used for free. Um, I, I mean, I dare you not to sing along to Jim Dandy by Black Oak, Arkansas, whenever the wee little freshmen are being chased down 
after school dismissal and don't mind that they're being hazed everybody else was doing the hazing around them too um but the glaring omission for me it's a single cut uh that I mean, every single bit of this all of these add to the film don't detract and it just fills in the, you get that 70s vibe all around that i was born you know born in the 70s i'm not going to say exactly when so i could you know i'm old but i just didn't get to experience it firsthand it's like i was born too late mm. and the one that should be on here that i cannot believe they didn't get was aerosmith's sweet emotion it opens oh, the film it's yeah. not on any volume That's interesting and it's the beginning opener in this i mean uh my stepdad was a huge toys in the attic fan which i was okay i'd listen to rem's hatchet job cover of it but the sweet emotion just the way that intro and it's timed with the the, the muscle car coming in and just randall pink floyd comes into it that's it's highlighted it's the opener and it's not on here and that is a sin it should be yeah, I um, I mean, this movie and the soundtrack are definitely heavily tied together, right? Because the the music mm-hmm. helps establish the the setting so much, mm-hmm. oh, uh, yeah. which you could do that for like um, if you're gonna make a '70s Vietnam or I guess sorry a Vietnam uh, War movie, you're gonna yeah. have a specific soundtrack. Yeah, Credence, um, you're gonna pull from Apocalypse wow. Now, but which if you see Kong Skull Island, that's what uh, we get. We get that soundtrack from that time period. You really. It pulls you into that world, and Days and Confused with Linklater. Um, Linklater is also another director who I think has a very strong. Uh, he knows where to put music appropriately to to really set the tone. I mean, he did School of Rock, which is a really great example again, yeah. of his appreciation of music. Um, the soundtrack well, is iconic. Yeah, uh, Linklater often either. gets dis- disconnected from School of Rock, but um, and apparently the the writer of School of Rock, which I think is Matt White is currently on Survivor. I guess they're doing, like, Survivor Celebrity Survivor or something. <laughs> they're and, still around? Yeah, apparently. Um, one of my students brought it up because they were watching it, and they were, like, School of Rock, and it's a movie, so they're going to talk to me about it. And, um, you know, Matt White is uh, Jack Black's roommate in the movie, too. He also acts in the film. Um, and he's written... He wrote Nacho Libro. Not Libro. Libre, excuse me. Not um, Free books? All right. Free books. Uh, nacho books. Cheese books. Um, no, no. Cheese but, books. No, no. Uh, but yeah, um, Linklater and music definitely a tight combination. So uh, I should have seen this pick coming. And again, I think I ended up seeing three of your five movies, Mike. Which Whoa. is um, oh, and me I, too. You're sold. And yeah, so what? Corey and I tied, but Corey did have the higher pick, so I think you win by default because you did actually get it right. I I got it right too, but yours is a little more impressive. You were brave. You win. Um, I'll give you the the victory. With that, let's get to our honorable mentions. Um, I've got a few, and I'm going to spend a little time with a couple of them. But uh, Corey, you reminded me of Empire Records I, when you said "Can't Hardly yeah, Wait." I have that too. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because one, I, though, I will say the version of the um, the last song that they sing at, in the movie mm. is so much better than the version on the record. Um, I love her singing in it. For one, also that song is really vulgar on the actual soundtrack um which i can't think of what it's called but you know what i'm talking about with uh the the band that plays that song is very different in the actual soundtrack than in the movie um i was very surprised when i finally listened to the soundtrack i was like oh this is not what i thought at all um i recent my favorite film of the year so far is blind spotting um they're doing something really interesting with the soundtracks is that they're doing eps from the characters within the movie as that movies, is rad. It's very cool. And so Colin, who is David Diggs' character, his EP is out, and it is phenomenal. I 
absolutely love it. If you are a fan of Hamilton, I mentioned Lin Manuel uh, Lin Manuel Miranda. Um, uh, David Diggs is one of the stars in Hamilton, the original recordings, and uh, this is his uh, film he wrote with Rafael Casal. And Casal, uh, the, his character, um, I'm going to blank on his name for the uh, nope. Yeah, I'm going to blink on his name right now, but his EP is supposed to be dropping soon. I cannot wait because I absolutely love the Blind Spotting Colin EP. Um, I, I have the Sing Street, Sing Street soundtrack, obviously. Uh, the Crow, which was like 90s grunge, like a masterpiece. But again, a lot of the songs were famous before The Crow. Um, I have a slash here, Willy Wonka in the Chocolate Factory. But also... I love Charlie and the Chocolate Factory songs in the movie. I don't know if they're actually on the soundtrack, though, so I had to hesitate, pulled that back. Um, I know a lot of people don't like Tim Burton's version. I found it great. Um, I thought Johnny Depp is we hilarious. We saw it in theaters together. We did see it together, uh, and I've not forgotten that movie. Um, I have Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 1, How Can You Not? That soundtrack is killer. Um, and sorry, James Gunn, that this has happened to you. Uh, Dirty Dancing. Oh, so good. Uh, I, I, I gotta interrupt. Yeah. Totally watched both airings of it the other night. I forget what Dude, channel it was on. We went and saw it in the theater uh, at, <gasps> at the Epic a few months, right before <gasps> we saw Big Trouble. Um, oh. I took Taylor to see it for her first time. I love that movie still. I grew um, up watching mm-hmm. that, and man, the soundtrack is killer. She's, you know? she's like the wind. Oh, oh Patrick Swayze. She's rip. Like wind. Yep, Patrick okay, Swayze. So, uh, w- w- d- well, go on, go on. I want uh, because I do. I do have a point with Dirty Dancing. Oh, sorry. Uh, Punisher from two thousand four. Uh, that's where we get the Amy Lee and Seether collaboration of Broken. Um, yeah, that is from that movie, which a lot of people don't realize what? because that song definitely did better than the movie did. Um, but the, several of the songs, it's very much like a new metal uh, mixtape of like some of the the bands that would become like the icons of that genre, and that was my genre. So I love that. Um, Godzilla, nineteen ninety eight. Let's not forget the uh, P. Diddy Cashmere, uh, um, and then the Rage Against the Machine song from that uh, movie is also mm-hmm. uh, fantastic. Okay. Um, I got this is a uh, the Batman Forever soundtrack, man. Kiss from a Rose and the uh, Love Me, Throw Me, Kiss Me, Kill Me U two song. Holy mm-hmm. crap, that was my childhood. I love those songs so so much. Um, and then this is the last uh, official soundtrack on my honorable mentions because I had this vinyl. And I used to play it all the time when I was a kid. The Ghostbusters soundtrack. Um, yeah. Because how can you not love who you're going to call? And there was a, oh, um, a Lionel Richie magic. song. Yeah. Magic. Is, is it Magic? Really great on that one. Um, and then, uh, no. I don't know who sings that one, but that's the, I love that song too. Um, and then, uh, this, is, this is not a soundtrack, but I want to give a shout out. And I don't remember if Corey was the person who introduced me to this or not, but when I ran FYE, uh, one of my favorite things to do on a Friday night when people would be at the mall to go to the movies would be to open up the newfound glory from the screen to the stereo. Yeah. Uh, so, like oh. They cover some very famous soundtrack songs, including the, uh, the uh, oh my God, the Cardigan song, uh, Love Me, Love Me from Romeo. Mm-hmm. They did. And those, their versions of the songs are among my favorite versions of most of those songs, including the Breakfast Club uh, um don't you forget about me their cover of it is so much better than the original version i'm sorry if i'm offending people but i love newfound's versions this is where i drop out and that, i am not your girl for that oh, i know who on. was oh uh, yeah i do i i wasn't sure if you influenced but i do know um i knew for sure that my assistant manager at the time definitely uh was a, an avid fan of it i still listen to those albums regularly 
Um, and I think they're they're fantastic. So I wanted to name drop those in case people don't know they exist. Uh, check out Newfound Glories um, from the screen to the stereo part one and part two. Um, both have some really great songs, including That Thing You Do, which is another great yes. um, cover. Oh, that was tough not to include. Tough not to yes. include. For sure. Um, All right. Uh, Mike, honorable it, Or no, actually, I'm sorry. It's Corey. Yeah, oh, wait, it's Dirty Dancing. I, uh, Dirty Dancing. I'm sorry, Corey. I just want to jump in with That's Dirty me. Dancing. One thing, too, also with that uh, Newfound Glory, it makes me so proud that some of my kids know it. Oh, I'm nice. Like, yes. I, I'm like, I'm not supposed to have favorites, but you are now a favorite um but dirty dancing just beyond the music there's little bits and pieces beyond don't nobody puts baby in the corner but the one scene and i put it on my story where patrick's raises character is like you're not afraid of anything from his perspective and she basically is like i'm afraid of everything, everything. yeah everything and you know he he sees her in such a different light than she sees herself and I think that I I just felt so real. Uh, I gotta be honest. I, I didn't watch it our first time until sophomore year of college. Oh wow! I binged that movie during that oh, break. I was like four or five when I yeah used me to watch too. It on that was movie. a regular rotation Stop. for my grandparents. Stop. Okay, y'all y'all never. I had an illegal copy on VHS, Mike. Okay. <laughs> well, how do you think I watched <laughs> Back to the Future every weekend? Fair Ooh. enough. <laughs> Where were my grandparents? Yes. Uh, uh, mm, uh, I don't mention Corey's. Uh, Corey, what do you got? Boom. Inside Lewin Davis. Empire oh, Records. Yeah. Rocky mm-hmm. Horror Picture Show. Hedwig and the H- Angry Inch. Mm-hmm. Breakfast Club. Baby Driver. And come on, Scott Pilgrim versus yeah, the World. That is literally every one I of my ringtones is a, is a part of that. Yeah. I want them to be a real band and to tour, please. Although I have to say... Those songs are better in short form in the movie than the long form versions of them. Um, I think when you get to the second verse, to a lot of them, they don't hold up as strong as they do for the first verse. Um, not that they're bad. I just think they they do wear thin um, over time compared to some of the other songs. But fair enough. Fair enough. Um, all right, Mikey, what do you got? All right, so I put about just about any John Hughes film ever, notably Sixteen Candles, Ferris Bueller's Day Off, Pretty in Pink, Breakfast Clubs. Uh, just about any of them uh, included Scott Pilgrim versus the world baby driver was on my list any Tarantino film as well yeah I mean come on uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Tron Legacy really stuck out with me I really like the Daft Punk work in it and I'm Ooh. I like electronic stuff it, it really mm. I like that film oh. and I like the original as well so I had a hard yeah. time deciding if instrumentals could count as a soundtrack and not a score even if it wasn't like a traditional score because like I used to for real like do martial arts training to the Mortal Kombat soundtrack like so much because those songs are so up tempo and energetic but I, I, I considered that as an honorable mention but I left it off so just throwing that out there yeah. and my last honorable mention is Garden State I could not leave that one off yeah I thought that might show up on yours um, uh, understandably so it is a killer soundtrack um, uh, oh, it's just yeah yeah I did. Uh, I debated wish wish I was here, but really the only standout song for me it was the killer uh, killers the shins. Um, I think the shins. Uh, the shins, because it was such a different change from what they did on Garden State. But it was mm. so good. But one song I didn't think I didn't feel was good enough to make it, you know, a pick. Yeah, and I, I've thought of several while we were talking, but I'm not going to go list them all again. Um, yeah. But yeah, it, it's it's one of those things where it's. Uh, 
as you talk about it, I think a lot pop up. Um, I did post an Instagram story um, for people to answer the question of what their favorite soundtracks were. We've had a few answers. Um, if you want to follow us on social media, of course, you can do that. I am at Burke Reviews. Uh, Corey? At Corey R Star, two R's on the end. And Mikey? At Server Monkey. And the bonus with mine is you can really get to sleep a lot quicker by looking at mine. Oh, wow. <gasps> um, but uh, we've had some answers. Like uh, when we had um, Big Tuna told us his... He's a Baby Driver, La La Land, Awesome Mix Volume 1, uh, which I'm not sure what Awesome Mix Volume 1 is. Um, is no, that, I'm, I'm, I'm uh, Guardians. It is Guardians? Okay. Yeah. And then, uh, that's why I, I thought it was Guardians oh. of the Galaxy Volume 1, but uh, that makes sense that it's Awesome Mix Volume 1. And then Atomic Blonde soundtrack, which is an interesting one. Um, and uh, a friend of mine posted Pride and Prejudice soundtrack with the, the Kira Knightley movie. I'm not, sh- I've not oh, seen that. Dang. But, um, oh, dang. Oh, Marie Antoinette. Ah, okay, so that made you think of something else. So good, so good, Mm. yeah. And so we'd love to hear yours. Feel free to reach out to us on social media, or um, you can uh, email us, contact at BerkReviews.com. Tell us what you agree with, what you disagree with, or what your list would be if you were on the show. Um, we'd love to hear some suggestions for topics. We've got a lot still to do, and I can see us doing maybe um, soundtracks that didn't quite hold up or maybe like soundtracks that we forget or something i had an idea a few minutes ago and it's since gone but um keep listening share our podcast if you like us please rate us on uh, itunes give us that five star rating it helps us get new listeners and we are uh trying to grow and expand so the more you help us out the better off we'll be um we'll be back in two weeks with another episode of top five movies until then keep watching movies do you like movies do you like podcasts or are you just lonely? If the answer is yes, and even if it's not, then check out the What I Watch Tonight show's filmtastic selection of podcasts, covering the entire movie verse as something for everyone. So come check it out. More details at whatiwatchtonight.co.uk or from all good podcast providers.